Welcome back to Fill the Box. Uh, I'm Brandon. I'm Chris. And uh, today we have Michael Powell with us. Um, man, so Michael Powell, solid dude. Uh, we went to Watermark together. So me and Mike met through Nick and Fred. So Nick and Fred joined up in community with Michael and... Um, I was the outside man, very jealous, wanted to be a part of it. Um, and so I was such good friends with Nick and Fred that me and Mike became friends. So, um, and Mike just has one of those personalities to where um, he could be friends with a light post. We love it. And that's how he <laughs> that's how he makes Christ known and visible to people. So that's really cool that God gave him that spirit. Um, yeah, so that's Mike, and I, I'm going to let Mike finish his own introduction. He's a grown man. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, my name is Michael. i uh born and raised in Laredo, Texas, and uh, I would say I grew up with a biblical family, um, but really didn't start to own my faith with Christ until I was in my mid-20s, and so... Uh, grew up in Laredo, went to Texas A&M, studied construction management, moved up to DFW to work for Beck. Um, and this is where the Lord started to draw me to himself through the porch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe I uh, came to faith in 2017 um, because it was at this time that God miraculously began to redeem me. Um, I was addicted to pornography for 13 years, mm-hmm. and uh, this was where God truly uh, turned my life around. And uh, over some time, uh, God called me into ministry, so I jumped into the Watermark Institute in 2019. Um, and uh, over time, Watermark Fort Worth hired me, worked mm-hmm. there for about four years, and now we are planting a church in Fort Worth called Clear Fort Community Church. Um, it's been, it's been an amazing journey. Um, my wife, Laura, my son, Noah, and my daughter, Hazel have been, uh, the best gifts and blessings, uh, to me. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so one, let's start with this. You grew up in Laredo (laughs) border (laughs) town. Oh yeah. Please speak some Spanish real quick. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Uh, get us, get us. Uh, oh man, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like when someone says, Do the thing, yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah, like, right. Oh man, like I gotta have a start in the conversation. Buenos so. dias, my nombre es uh, Brendan y you, y tú, me, me llamo Michael y nací y crecí en Laredo, Texas, hey. born and raised in Laredo. Um, all I got is medical Spanish. So Don't they install our biblioteca? Yeah. Where's yeah. the library, yeah. baby? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We'll put that bilingual tag on the podcast. Now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so uh, you got another baby on the way, right? We do. Baby number three, yeah, man. born July 1st, it's looking like. And so really excited uh, yeah. with a growing family. And Yeah. My wife is a nurse and she's still working one day a week and she uh, is an amazing partner in the ministry of the gospel. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, from, a, from a leadership point of view, man, how is, well, so the way I see parenthood is we're ambassadors for our children, right? Absolutely. Um, and so 
how do you lead? How do you lead in that aspect of like raising little babies? For sure. Because I know, so we are going to pick up our kids here in a minute at the same place. Uh, so how does that how does that play into, I mean, I'm going through it, you're going through it. How does mm-hmm. that play into raising a child that can barely understand the gospel, but trying totally. to apply it every day? Totally. Yeah, I would say, man, the way that Laura and I think about this is uh, we are our kids' primary attachment figure. Mm-hmm. How we raise them um, will develop their brains right. in how to relate with God. Mm. You know, um, their emotions develop in how we love them and how we fail to love them. And so, man, in these early years, I mean, sure, we'll read, you know, uh, the beginner's Bible. We'll tell them stories of the Bible. But I think the biggest thing we're trying to teach them is how to love them. Right. We are, we are um, the hands and feet of God's love mm-hmm. to them. And so um, when they do something wrong or make a mistake, if we just come down on them with like anger and impatience mm-hmm. um, constantly, that will provide a feeling of unsafe. Right. Right. So I take this from Kurt Thompson's uh, kind of book. He's a neurotheologian. Mm-hmm. He talks about this. Um, we have a deep desire to feel seen, soothed, safe, and secure. And if we fight to have those four elements in our raising of children, mm-hmm. um, I truly believe you're going to be developing a very healthy relationship with your kids. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and we, we need that as adults. Like that's not just for kids, but right. we want to feel seen, safe, soothed mm-hmm. and secure. Yeah. We want unconditional positive regard when people are uh, seeing us in our shortcomings, Yeah, you know? And uh, man, that's kind of how Laura and I view it. And oh, cool. And uh, you know, Man, so with that, uh, as an adult wanting those things, how does that play into men's mental health? Yeah, man. Uh, I would say um, when people don't feel safe Mm -hmm. and secure Mm -hmm. and seen and soothed, they don't feel free to share how they're actually doing. Um, there's, there's significant relational trust that needs to build Mm -hmm. between people for them to feel the freedom to share how they're actually doing. And I would say, uh, as leaders in the community, right. Right. Uh, leading out an authenticity is Mm -hmm. key. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus let out an authenticity. Mm -hmm. He went to the garden to pray and said, Hey guys, I need you guys to stay awake and pray for me. I'm going before the father. I don't want to go to the cross. I'm asking him if there's any other way. Jesus himself was emotional, free Mm -hmm. of sin. Jesus experienced loneliness. He experienced sadness. He experienced betrayal. Mm. He experienced um, joy, angst in the garden. It's like this man was God in the flesh experienced emotions and uh, talked about them, right? Yeah. And uh, he was the perfect man. 
right? So when you put it like that, it, yeah. it brings it to a level of like, man, he was one of us, right? Yes. Like, oh, it make, I know like, we, hey, he's a man, but no, he was he was a yeah. man. He was one of us. Well, it's, right? it's funny because it, it brings to, to mind, like my daughter's at the age now where she she understands, I don't know that she really understands, she... Her thing is God is in our hearts, right? Every day mm-hmm. she's like, God is in our hearts, and we're in God's hearts. Like, yeah, and trying. She's almost at the age now where trying to explain to her God and Jesus and all that, and mm-hmm. kind of the way you just explained that, I think, is a perspective I haven't considered before. That I think a lot of us view Jesus as the Son of God, the man that He was, perfect. Mm-hmm. But I've never heard somebody explain it that. He had emotions and he was a person mm-hmm. and all that. And yeah. really understanding that God put him on earth, not just as a figure of himself, but as a, he, one of us. He's a person, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's right. That's Man. interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. It, it really brought it home right there real quick. Yeah. <laughs> we can go ahead and shut this down now. That's done. Cool. Um, but uh, so let's start here. Um how do you feel like the church focuses on men's mental health or does mm-hmm. it just tie in as a congregation as a whole mm-hmm. or do we miss the mark entirely? Right. So yeah. coming from a watermark, um, one of the things they say, man, we are the church, right? The church mm-hmm. is just a building. So you'll go to, uh, it's not cherry 700 white settlement road, 700 cherry lane, whatever it is. No idea. It's just a building, <laughs> right? Like it is just there. Without us in it, it's walls, right? Yeah. Yep. So we are the church. So is it the church as a whole Mm -hmm. or is it like, I don't want to single out groups of people, but do men and women also miss the mark with each other? Mm. Right. Because we're not perfect, right? We're going to totally, we're going to miss some things, but like, is it something that we're just blind to? So good. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to start by saying uh, just to the audience, I am not a healthcare professional. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a licensed counselor with the state of Texas. I'm speaking merely as an active learner of mental health in general terms and kind of what we see in the church and how we approach it as we come across it, you know, right, and sure. yes, I'd love to speak to this. I would say um, yes and no. I would say um, some churches are actively taking steps in this world of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say uh, it just depends on the church, right? right? So I can't speak to like the church in America or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I can speak to, there are typically two extremes that I feel like um, churches can run towards. So I'll speak to both of those, um, either all theology and no psychology mm-hmm. or all psychology, no theology. I would say to do either of those extremes is to neglect um, proper care for people. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, um, the definition of neglect, I just looked it up, says to fail to care properly. As as firefighters, mm-hmm. as paramedics, right? we don't want to do that. No. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to be that guy. No. I have and, a legal obligation to not do that. Yeah. <laughs> and look, I would say, look, man, um, we can't, we can't uh, approach someone who is 
really struggling with sadness or depression or addiction mm-hmm. or, um, you know, any other form of mental health and say, well, you're just not reading your Bible enough. No, mm. no, you can't, we do can't, that to them. we can't do that. We <laughs> yeah. can't, but we also can't say, um, well, God can't change this. God can't heal this. Right. And, uh, God cannot intervene in this area. Mm-hmm. Right. We can't say either or of those extremes. Right. Um, another thing I'll say is, uh, you know, oftentimes counselors will encourage individuals to have social support. Yeah. So, um, I would also encourage, Hey, if, if considering seeing a counselor is on your radar, great, but don't do that in isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, include your uh, social support, whether that be close relationships in your church, mm-hmm. um, because counselors recognize that they can't be all things to all people. They can't be the solution to everyone's healing right. and recovery. Sure. Um, so I would I would look to family. I would look to close relationships in the church specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, look, the Bible uh, speaks to mental health is what I want to start with. And before I do that, I'd love to just pray for our time, for our listeners, um, for God to move um, in uh, both our hearts and our listeners' hearts. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you to, um, God, ask you to soften hearts, to receive your word. Um, God, bring to mind things to talk about on this podcast. God, I pray you would draw people to yourself through the gospel. Um, through this podcast. I pray that this podcast would be a beacon of light and hope of the gospel in our city and pray that uh, men specifically would be courageous to admit that maybe there might be uh, mental health things to consider in their own life and to take steps toward healing in those areas. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, so in scripture, we see in first Kings 19, Elijah fled the country to a place by himself where he wished to die. This is, this is what, um, he basically said, Lord, take my life. Mm. I I don't want to live anymore. I'm alone. I'm discouraged. And what God does he says in first Kings nineteen four, it is enough now. Oh Lord, take away my life for I am no better than my father's. And how did God deal with Elijah's physical needs? He fed him and he gave him some sleep. God knew his journey was too much for him in his current state. Um, so after Elijah rested and recharged physically, mm-hmm. God gave him encouragement, a new purpose And, uh, this is essentially Maslow's law of hierarchy of needs, Mm -hmm. right? God met him where he was. And so the first question I'd have for our audience is, Hey, are you getting enough sleep? (laughs) How are you physically taking care of your body? Because Mm -hmm. this affects our, uh, fight flight mode, right? This affects, Mm -hmm. um, our 
body and being able to emotionally process things. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, I would say another example in the scriptures from Mark chapter five, the man from the, uh, garrisons who lived, uh, naked among the tombs after Jesus cast the demons out of him, the man was in quotes, verse 15, right in his mind. He was in his right mind. Mm-hmm. So the spiritual yeah. battle had been won and the man's mental health was restored. So I would say, um, I would say, Hey, sometimes I believe God can heal, uh, in this way significantly. And sometimes in God's grace, he has provided healthcare workers who are trained in specific ways, be it therapists, be it counselors to help people heal on their journey. In addition to himself, his word, his people. Yeah. Sure. Right. Um, so I would say every believer is called to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm-hmm. Romans twelve two, right? Yeah. He says, um, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. That by testing, you may be able to discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I would say, um, why is it that we spend time, resources, money on everything else in our life? Mm. Insurance, (laughs) security cameras, clothes, trips, vacations, Netflix, live streaming, all the other things, uh, Amazon. But... The one area that we're just going to say, nah, I don't, my mind doesn't need like, oh yeah, we, we, we make coherent, reasonable decisions in every other area of our life. But when it comes to our mental health and our mind, we're just going to like turn a blind eye to it and go, nah, dog, I don't need that. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I'm not saying everyone absolutely needs it, but here's what I will say. If there are mental health issues that you're not dealing with by not dealing with them, you are costing others. Ooh, that you're is costing. A... You're costing um, your relationship with your spouse. Mm-hmm. You're costing your relationship with your kids. You're costing friends um, by not being proactive in this area of your life. So there's a lot of things that we do in life where uh, inaction is an actual action, and that is a huge one, right? Totally. So not getting not getting good sleep right so firemen we can't really control that but on your days off you sure can right like totally you yeah. make time to be like all right i need to go to bed at seven so these kids are going to bed at six forty-five. yeah and we're gonna everybody's gonna go to sleep so i can get a full 12 hours yeah. or 10 hours or whatever you need um speaking of sleep uh, yep. the whoop band. So you got a yep. smartwatch. Yep. Uh, you got the whoop band on yep. actually. So cool. <laughs> I, <do. laughs> yep. I, I thought it was just a regular watch. So the whoop yep. band, man. Um, yeah. So tell us about that. Tell us about how. It- yeah, man. Uh, I have found it helpful um, personally, just because it kind of challenges you to prioritize habits in taking care of your body. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's got like a habit journal where you fill out, you know, different things and, Um, it's, it's helped me in prioritizing rest. It tells you, Hey, today you can, you can hit it hard physically. Hey, today you're in the red, you, you need to rest. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, surely there are other devices out there that do the same. Um, I have personally found it helpful. 
Um, mm-hmm. People who like structure might like it. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, but hey, you know, there's so, all kinds of devices out there. And getting good sleep is a pinnacle, right? Like you say, yeah. right? It's it's in the good book, right? So that's right. It's weird. So how do you see, like, how can somebody at church go, hey, man, you need to go take a nap? (laughs) 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 And do it lovingly, right? Like, how do you have these hard conversations with people and say, I see this in you, yeah, but not like, hey. Yeah. You're being a twat waffle. <laughs> right. So yeah. how do you how do you have that easy conversation? Yeah, man, I think uh, I think you got to have a relationship and mm-hmm. uh, without relational trust. Um, people will most likely not want to have or receive some something from you. Right. But yeah, man, I think lots of questions asking mm-hmm. people, hey, are you getting sleep? Um, what? What is sleep looking like week to week, day to day? Hey, how can we initiate conversations with your spouse where maybe one spouse takes one night, another spouse takes the other night, mm. balance that. Um, I think there are just different ways to, to manage that for sure. But I will say Watermark Fort Worth, the church I've most recently been involved with has been making significant steps in just talking more about mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, as a staff, nine of us did a summer class called Counseling in Crisis at Dallas Theological Seminary. And um, man, I, it was powerful to uh, be a part of that. Um, Dr. Michelle Woody, shout out to her. Uh, one thing she said is what's out there is in here. Mm-hmm. As in, hey, what is what is out in the world, mental health, all these other issues we need to assume is also in the church and we Mm. should live in that, in that way. We should never assume that just because someone's a believer Mm -hmm. that there aren't um, things that require a different span of care than a pastor. Right. Right. Um, I'm not saying don't influence them spiritually and point them to scripture, but I am saying sometimes people need someone actually trained in this area to help them uncover and unpack um, issues that need to be talked through and dealt with. Um, yeah. yeah. Some of the most common that we have seen collectively in the church have been in the world of addictions. So I would say uh, number one behavioral addiction addiction in the U S is pornography. Um, we see some alcoholism, um, definitely depression and anxiety are two others that, uh, we have seen, um, and I would say, look, Hey, strong biblical counselors are a key factor as it pertains to recovery. Mm-hmm. So be thorough and careful on selecting your counselor. Not all biblical counselors are actually biblical counselors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would ask, um, and encourage those of you out there to reach out to a trusted church leader or pastor um, who might have some resources there. Um, and obviously there are different like realms in mental health of like specificity. So if that's Mm -hmm. addiction, if that's sexual addiction, if that's, um, substance abuse, Mm -hmm. there's others trauma related. Um, I would say, Hey, um, ask, ask a, a respected church leader or someone you trust for someone local. And sure. 
and like we said earlier, right? Like you, you don't want to take this lightly, right? You like you don't want That's to right. push it by the wayside. So when you're vetting people, remember, like they're not just tinkering with, you know, a RC car or model car. Like this is your brain yeah. they're about yeah. to yep. tinker with. That's right. So make sure you have a good grasp on who they are, right? Because in the moment you might not know yourself, right? Like mm-hmm. you're you're going through something, but try to get a good grasp on who somebody else is, right? Sure. And then uh, do a huge thing that uh, I've actually started doing in 2024. <clears throat> on top of everything else, is journaling. Um, so mm-hmm. it's not much. I mean, I do about a paragraph a day, um, and I just say, hey, this is what my day looked like. This is how I felt throughout the day, and this is what I want tomorrow to look like. And, I mean, it's, it's a couple sentences, right, yeah. at max. I'm not a writer. Mm-hmm. I have piss-poor handwriting. But <laughs> doing that, right, like it'll give you something in six months to a year to look back on and go, oh, okay, hey, this is how I felt. This is what I saw in myself, yeah. and this is, you know. So it's a good it's a good baseline for you, your counselor, and, and your – friends and family whoever you bring in to mm-hmm. work off of sure yep. so it's good um one of the other questions we had do you feel like men have an adequate outlet and resources when it comes to their mental health in your line of work yeah um i would say look first and foremost um christ himself is an adequate outlet and resource we should first look to and rely on god for all things but God doesn't say not to explore other means of healing that he has graciously, graciously provided for us in counselors and therapists. Sure. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I would say second Corinthians three verses four and five says this, it says such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. So it's basically saying it right there that we are not sufficient in and of ourselves. I would say men deal with self-reliance. We rely too much in our own strength, in our own um, muscle it out and white knuckle it, don't talk about it, just deal with it. And uh, I would say, look, man, uh, you can choose that, you can choose that route, but that's gonna have consequences. Your kids need to see you wrestle with God. Your kids need to mm. see you cry out to God. Um, your friends need to see you admit struggle. Romans seven eighteen is another one. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. We are unable to mm. carry out faithfulness in our own strength. Um, I'd say I often see people say, Hey, I don't need to see a counselor. Um, and this can be fairly common, uh, when in reality they should actually consider seeing one. Mm -hmm. I think the hardest thing is for men to admit that they need help because they view it as weak. Mm. Um, when I would actually say it's weak not to deal with, um, these things, Shoving um, it on the rug and avoiding it is that's right. a weak yeah. way to handle something. That's right? exactly right. It's, it's cowardice. Yes. And as I shared earlier, like others will pay the price of your passivity in this area. And this is part of my own story. So I'll just share it briefly. Um, 
you know, I was addicted to pornography for 13 years and, um, God did some significant healing in my heart through a 12 step Christ centered recovery ministry called regeneration at watermark Fort worth. Um, so God definitely, um, did significant healing there, but over years since then, that was in 2017 over years and years after that, um, I continued to find myself continuing to seek it out, not as explicitly as before, but there was certainly a remnant. There was like leftovers mm-hmm. of this area of, of um, my recovery that I didn't expect to be there. Mm-hmm. And um, I had men around me in my community uh, help me consider, hey, like, let's double down on this and um, consider seeing a counselor. And um, I have truly been thankful. I think that it has pro- it has provided significant healing in the last year and a half of um, just working through stuff with him and uh, understanding a little more what my needs have been mm-hmm. um, there. And I've, I've truly been thankful. Um, so I would encourage if, hey, if you are in a place where you have exhausted, you know, like resources going before the Lord, maybe you've done a a recovery ministry and you want to dig deeper, I would encourage more acute care Mm -hmm. for those things. Right. Um, I would say, Hey, counselors and therapists are trained in ways that pastors are not right. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And we're loving people by saying, hey, we can't provide the span of care you need. So we're going to send you to someone who can provide that. Right? Right. <laughs> it's like sending someone with a brain tumor to an urgent care. Right? Mm, right. No, no. An yeah. urgent care does not provide the care you need for a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's yeah. that's a neurosurgeon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so the same is true. Like, let's not... Let's not tell people that we are the solution when we're not. Right. Mm. But let's let's humbly approach trusted leaders again with who might be um, a trusted counselor for your particular struggle. Right. Yeah. And so, dude, so pornography is, yeah. it's hard, one. And then it's like, it's, it's so isolating mm-hmm. right because you do it in the dark you do it as a deed like yeah like it, it, it's it never feels right it's always dirty right so mm-hmm. you just can't stay in isolation you have to bring people around you that's right and so like you said you called in the people who are in your community well what if you don't have a community mike yeah great question um man i would encourage hey if you're alone um and you need faithful Christian biblical men in your life, I would look around where you live um, for a Bible teaching, gospel centered, gospel proclaiming church. Um, And I would pursue community in that church. Um, Most churches provide this. Um, If you're in the Fort Worth area, a few churches that are, that are really good at this, 
Watermark Fort Worth, um, excellent church for community. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd say the same for Clear Fork Community Church. We're kind of a, uh, a child of Watermark. Um, but hey, there are plenty of other churches out there. Um, I would say start with the relationships that you know, mm-hmm. have a strong faith in Christ. And hey, maybe they already have a church home and you just tag along with them. Um, I would also say, uh, yeah, so that's kind of going into the next question. What are some things that men can do to mentally re-engage when they feel disconnected, whether spiritually or otherwise? So yes, find a local Bible-based church. And uh, I would also encourage men to view emotions not as bad or weak, but mm-hmm. to be present in their emotions. Change the perspective. Like yeah, that. man, like to, to allow them to pass through and feel them. Give yourself permission to grieve. Give yourself permission to feel alone. Give yourself permission to want to escape sadness. Right. Oftentimes, pornography is an outlet to feeling unwanted, feeling lonely, mm-hmm. feeling sad, feeling uh, like you want to be accepted and wanted by others, mm-hmm. um, feeling desired by others. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an excellent book uh, called Unwanted Sexual Behavior um, that he's a both a psychiatrist and an ordained pastor. And he really walks through, um, I've read the book personally, excellent resource if this is your journey. Um, and he kind of walks through some pretty strong, uh, both biblical and facts of those who struggle with pornography. Um, that are really helpful in the healing process. Um, but Hey, when we feel lonely, when we feel sad, feel angry, we can invite Christ into those moments instead of trying to escape our emotions or avoid them or numb ourselves. We need to learn how to healthily process emotions. I love that that is tying in with this episode because last episode, um, some of the same stuff came up, right? With, so especially in our line of work, but just men in general, mm-hmm. historically ha- having emotions has been viewed as weak, right? It's always right. been like, hey, deal with it. That's Suck right. it up. Just bottle it up. Don't bother anybody else, right? And so last week we ended up talking quite a bit about understanding that it's important to let those emotions out and deal with them and work mm-hmm. through them. So I love that it's tying in with the faith side of it is mm-hmm. is understanding to let those emotions happen and view them as a strength to work through them instead of a weakness, weakness. and try to hide them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess the next question is what are some areas that we see that men could take control back over their mental health or, or you know, take back control? Um, I'm going to, I'm a semantics guy. So I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Say, Hey, instead <laughs> of saying take control, I would say taking ground, like, mm-hmm. Hey, pursuing faithfulness, Um, because I think that sometimes we believe that we control our own spiritual growth Mm. or our growth in godliness, which there are certainly changes we can make that can, uh, help significantly there, like reading God's word, like pursuing godly community, like confessing sin and these things. Um, but the scripture says that the Holy spirit is the primary agent Mm -hmm. of spiritual growth. And so I would say, um, growing here 
is more at the pace of the spirit. Cause I think, and I take this from John Mark Comer's book, practicing the way, um, we live in a culture where everything is fast, easy, and in our control. Sure. Amazon. It's fast. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> and it's in our control yeah. we, with our thumb within two minutes, we can order anything to our front door. Mm-hmm. But with the spiritual life, it's slow, hard, and not in our control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just believe that, man, that is just true for all of us. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying we're not responsible for our sin and that we shouldn't repent. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I am saying, yes, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, Philippians 2. I am saying, hey, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed, James 5, 16. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, these are the things I would encourage. Prioritize Christ in your daily life if you haven't already. Find a group of godly men that you will be in touch with weekly that will know you deeply. Men who know what you and your wife argue about. Men who know, um, who speak into your life, who remind you of God's word and promises. Um, Proverbs 18.1 says, whoever isolates himself, seeks his own desire and breaks out against all sound judgment. I don't know about you guys. I don't want to be that guy. No. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. break out against all sound judgment. Therefore, I am choosing not to be isolated. Sure. Um, and then considering, hey, possibly a 12-step Christ-centered recovery ministry like Regen, mm-hmm. I would encourage individuals toward group care first. <clears throat> and if there is still more that needs to be worked through than possibly pursuing counseling in addition to this. Mm-hmm. So, um, man, so re-engage. Let's talk about re-engage yeah. real quick. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's been, I did it at the Ridgely. Um, and I mean, I did it year two of the Ridgely, right? So mm-hmm. 2014, 2015, um, man, I can almost remember cause it's the same, you say 12 step, but it mimics the AA 12 step. It mm-hmm. says, uh, can't remember it now. Mm-hmm. Just drew a blank. <laughs> I'll look it up in a second, but go ahead and explain re-engage to people. Re-engage or regen? Which one? <sighs> Regen. Regen. Come hey, on. so I've been through re-engage yeah. and regen. <laughs> yeah. I've done all the re's yeah, we can yeah. re, okay? No worries. Uh, so me and yeah, my wife, we had to. a rough patch, so we went through mm-hmm. regen. No, mm-hmm. re-engage. re-engage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There it is. Did yeah. it again. Mm-hmm. But before that, for on myself, I worked on myself and I went through regen. Regen. Yeah. There it is. It's good. Regeneration. That's what I yeah. should just start calling it is regeneration. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, regen is excellent. Um, 12 set, Twelve step Christ-centered uh, recovery ministry. Um, the steps are, Hey, admit, you know, admit that you can't, um, do it on your own. Um, there are other steps throughout the process like, um, confession, believe in Christ, trust in Christ. Um, and Hey, like toward the end of it, how do you continue? Like Mm -hmm. live out the steps for the rest of your life. Like this is not just a one year, program, uh, and then you're graduated from all your issues. Not at all. Um, my counselor explained it to me this way, which was really helpful. Um, having a construction background, uh, this was a really helpful illustration for me. He talked about how, um, there came a point in the sixties, I believe where electrical code changed. I could be wrong there. 
uh, on when that happened. But at some point, electrical went from aluminum to copper. Mm. Okay. And um, what happens is when, when we clip the aluminum, the old line, the, the abandoned line stays in the building. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. So when you rerun the copper line, um, we now have power through the copper line. But, but in our brain, we have, we have neuroplasticity, right? We have um, areas of our brain that, that are, have ruts run into them of how we think about things when it pertains to addiction. He's, Mm -hmm. he told me like he stood up and he, he turned on the light to his office halfway Mm -hmm. and the light starts to flicker. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. He says, this is what's happening in your brain when you are tempted with the familiar addiction, the Mm -hmm. aluminum line is still there. Mm -hmm. You can never live as if we are free from that former addiction. We must live in active understanding of the reality that until I am with the Lord, I need to humbly acknowledge that this is a problem and avoid situations that lead me back into it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so those, those, um, those wirings in our brain are still there. Mm -hmm. Just like the aluminum has been cut free it will still flicker every now and then. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And uh, so anyway. That's a good one. That was a big one. I like that a lot. Um, So. Lastly, what motivates you in daily life? Yeah. Man, I would say my call to follow Jesus, Mm -hmm. um, to love him with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and uh, to love others as myself, starting with my wife and kids mm-hmm. and, uh, to glorify Christ and all that I do, Yeah, you know, um, the scripture just, you know, talks about, um, honor Christ, the Lord as holy in your hearts. First Peter three. And, uh, it's like, man is, is Jesus King mm-hmm. of my life. Right. And, uh, I, I choose to live uh, according to what he calls me to in scripture. And I find that the abundant life can be found mm-hmm. in what he talks about in John 10, 10. Yeah. Um, he says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but that I have come so that you may have life and have it abundantly. The abundant life is available to anyone who would consider that their way of life, um, isn't what the scripture calls you to, and that you might be able to find joy in commitment to Christ in repenting of what he calls us to. I would say, man, sometimes the mental health stuff is self-inflicting. I would say, Hey, uh, man, if your marriage is a disaster, every relationship you're in is constant relational conflict Mm -hmm. and you're just, uh, not dealing with those that's on you. Yeah. Right. You need, you need to be in relationship with people, um, who will call you to healthy biblical, um, counsel. And, uh, uh, the, the scripture talks about it. He says, Mm -hmm. don't grieve the spirit. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, David says in Psalm 32 that when I kept silent, 
my bones wasted away. If you are sinning all the time and you're just holding it all in, it would not surprise me if you are anxious, depressed, mm-hmm. um, your body is starting to experience health issues that you've never seen before. Right. Because God did not create us to carry sin and hide it. He created oh, us yeah. to live in community, to confess it, to expose it, and to walk in the light. And there is healing there. I have truly yeah. experienced that personally, that God does heal in confession. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, which confession, I think, is one of the... I, I have not personally been through Regen, so I can't speak to the the experience with that. But it, in my experience and what I've seen, that's one of the hardest things of working through your sin and all that is confession, right? Because I think, we're, especially for me and a lot of people I have talked to about it, I think the 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 hurdle there is the fear of what's going to happen once I confess whatever X, Y, Z, whatever it is mm-hmm. to your spouse or your friend or your family, whatever it is. Um, once I confess whatever the sin is, I have no control over what happens after that, right? That's right. And having that faith that God is going to is going to walk you through that. That's right. So one of the last things I want to ask you is something so the world that Brandon and I work in, uh, we see a lot of the bad in the world. We see the worst stuff happen to people who don't deserve it, right? Right. And so something I think a lot of guys struggle with as a Christian is how do you comprehend seeing all this bad and still understanding and trusting that there is a God, and how do you reconcile that? Mm-hmm. And right. not and not just trusting that there is a God, but also loving the God. Sure, yeah, that we serve, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, because I mean, you can know there's a God, but at some point, you're gonna be like, well, He's not doing good. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. how do you still love Him through that? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, this is the the problem of evil, right? This is this is um, hey. There is sick evil in this world um, with death, with sicknesses, with war. Um, How do we reconcile that God is good amidst a world like this as a believer? That's Mm -hmm. what you're asking. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Man, I would say, hey, the problem is not with God. The problem is with sin, Mm. right? I would say, um, hey, we have been freed from the penalty of sin as believers. We have uh, been, we have power over sin through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But we have not been removed from the presence of sin. The presence of sin is the brokenness of this world. Sure. Which man did in the garden of Eden. Sure. Right. And I would say, um, Hey, I'm not going to sit here and invalidate people who are grieving that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, nurses in hospitals who see death daily and emotionally are saying, where are you God? Yeah. You know, Job said that. Yeah. In, in, in Job 23, he says, God, I walk forward. I don't feel you to my, to my back. I don't see you. And then he says, but I know that I shall come forth as gold. 
Mm. I trust you. The path that I take, I know you are trustworthy. Um, this is the problem of evil. And look, uh, with finite human being minds, like we won't have an answer for every evil issue that happens. But I would say, hey, think about a big, beautiful carpet design, right? Like uh, in a big ballroom or something like that. Yeah. As humans, we, our, our perspective and our view is very closed and centered on the, the dark black area of that beautiful design. And I would say, even when it feels like God is not working, he is still working mm. amidst the brokenness. When you, if one day, hopefully we, we will zoom out and see that God was still at work in his sovereign, beautiful plan for humanity amidst the evil. I think of Genesis 50 verse 20, where Joseph says what man meant for evil God meant for good. This is a guy who was falsely accused for trying to sleep with Potiphar's wife, who was thrown in prison for it, and later says, hey, what man meant for evil, God meant for good. He, see, he saw God working mm. amidst his terrible circumstances. Yeah. And look, we're not promised that. I would say we're not promised to look back and go, oh, Lord, I see what you were doing there. Sure. We're not promised that. But God mm -hmm. does in his grace allow that sometimes. Well, I think know? that's an interesting, like you bring up that we're not promised that. I think that's an interesting perspective is understanding that we, we're we not, a part of faith is having the faith and understanding that you are not going to understand everything, right? That's You're right. not going to understand the reason for everything. That's right. Which is part of having the faith in God that that's right. he is taking you right so it's exactly right hebrews 11 i'll just read that it says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen for by it the people of old received their their commendation by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of god so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible mm. <coughs> Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, right? We we know we are not home. Um, that God will restore creation. He will make all things new. Isaiah says that the former things will not be remembered. We will be so um, captured and captivated by God with us his new creations, his new heaven and new earth. Romans or Revelation 21 talks about that, that we won't, we won't think about the former things, you know? Yeah. And so we can long for that and have hope in that. Kind of coming off of that uh, with a, a lot of our experience, obviously with doing this is, is in our workplace with, with being firefighters. And sure. So with that, seeing all the bad, um, stuff i think something else that at least i have struggled with and some of the other guys i've talked to have struggled with is is how do you approach living your life as um as a faithful christian in a workplace where there is quite a lot of either people who uh people around you who either don't believe in christ or 
say they believe in Christ but don't really live hmm. uh, a Christ-like life. Um, they're living in sin and aren't really kind of working on that, and, yeah. and that's sort of the surrounding that you're in. How do you deal with hmm. living as an outward Christian right in that environment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say with a lot of humility. Hmm. Right. I would say um, <clears throat> you should be the hardest worker in your department. I would say don't – I got this from a friend, Ken Horton. Um, don't tell people you're a Christian – don't bother telling people you're a Christian if you're not going to be the hardest worker there, mm. the most humble person there, the most um, uh, humble, godly individual in the room. Um, I would say that if there are people who claim to be Christians and aren't, act, and aren't acting like one, find a one-on-one space with the individual and say, hey, man... Um, if I recall correctly, you said you want to, you said you're a follower of Jesus. Is that right? They'd probably go, yeah, man. Say, Hey man. So are you, are you committed to like, you know, God's word, like living it out? Second Timothy three sixteen says that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. Yeah. Um, do, do you expect as a believer to be, counseled and led from the word of God. And if he says no, I'd let that conversation die and go, okay, man, no worries. Yeah. I, I wouldn't continue the conversation, right? Proverbs 26 talks about, um, Hey, it says, answer a fool, not according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. But then it also says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So there's a time to speak and there's a time not to. Yeah. And if the dude just wants to get in an argument, don't buy into it. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not worth the time. But if, if he's humble and he's willing to be shepherded from the word of God, sure. Say, Hey man, um, this area of your life, I don't know if that was your godliest moment. Yeah. Have you thought about what the scripture says about that? The way you talk about your wife at work, the way you talk about, uh, you know, beautiful women walking in the grocery store, is that honoring her? Yeah. You know, uh, and do it with boldness. And I would say, hey, expect scrutiny. <laughs> well, expect people to make fun of you. Well, it's funny you say you scrutiny because the whole you talking about this, what I can think about is in something that I know I struggle with and. The, the hard part of doing that, at least personally for me, is the fear of being called a hypocrite, right? Mm. Because I, I'm not perfect. I know I screw up for sure. every day. Mm. For sure. Every day. I'm not a perfect Christian. And so the fear of not wanting to approach those conversations with people. Totally. And being called out for, hey, well, you just did this the other day. And yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I then understand. I, that, I, I, would, I would add to that then and say, hey, Matthew 5 says, hey take the log out of your own eye before you point out the speck in your brother's eye. So I'd say before approaching that person, say, Hey man, as a follower of Jesus, like my expectation is that if you see areas of my life that are, um, that are not within what God, God would call me to, man, help me see that because we're blind to our blindness. Absolutely. Right. We are blind to our blindness. And, um, Hey, my expectation is as a brother in Christ, you would help me to glorify Christ in our job. 
Yeah. If there's something I'm not doing or that I've done that I need to ask forgiveness for that I need to own. Yeah. I will humbly do that. Absolutely. Um, and then to those who are not believers in the workplace, I'd say, man, do as Jesus did love, have patience, live the gospel, have grace, Mm -hmm. meet their needs, ask how you can be praying for them. Always welcome conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd say, hey, there's a lot of discernment here. Ask God who he's working in. God, who would you have me check in on? Like um, Paul talks about in Philippians 2, how as believers, we should be like stars in the night, like the black sky and beams of light in the Mm. sky. That's the contrast that the world should see. It says in a twisted and crooked generation, this is who we are called to be. We should be living that countercultural, that otherworldly in those environments. I'd love to ask you all a question. Um, Hey, in, in the world of mental health and leading in authenticity and transparency and um, healthily dealing with weaknesses. um, Hey, do you guys see in the firefighter world um, men leading in that way and, and, and how, um, what are maybe some things to celebrate there or is it just rare and really you can't even think of a name of a person. You're talking about leading as far as the mental health. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like admitting like, man, this is a problem. And I, I, uh, I'm thankful to be working through this and, yeah. you know, well, I think, I think, uh, the, immediately the first person that comes to mind is Kramer for, who we had on the last episode awesome. is, mm-hmm. is I think it shows that a lot of guys don't realize that there are the issues there that need to be worked on until it becomes present. Right. And so yeah. he talked about his experience with a, a line of duty death and, and all of those emotions coming out and through that realizing, Hey, I need to talk to somebody. I need to work on this stuff. Right. And so the more and more people that are willing to talk about Mm -hmm. their experience with it, I had several people after the last episode contact me and say, Hey, praise God. I, I appreciate you guys doing this because through you guys talking about this stuff, it gave me the confidence to either Praise talk God. to somebody or um, work through whatever problem it was. And so uh, there are definitely people who are um, – Blake Stinnett with The Next Rung. Uh, he does um, like a podcast and a, a foundation and all that to help uh, with some mental health stuff and some suicide mm-hmm. stuff and all that kind of stuff. He's definitely a person that is really pushing for more uh, presence with that. Um there's some other guys here and there. A lot of depart. It's it's a newer thing to talk about in the fire service, right? Because mm-hmm. historically, just like everything everywhere else, it's been mm-hmm. just don't talk about it. So it's yeah. a newer thing, and so a lot of departments are coming around and and trying to take a step forward and providing mm-hmm. um, access to that kind of stuff. And so, mm-hmm. like where I work, we're we're really moving forward with that. Um, but I think for me, a lot of it is the guys. The more and more guys that are willing to come forward and be like, hey, I've dealt with stuff like this, and this yeah. is how I am working through it. The more people see that, the more people are willing and right. confident to do something. And it's about also it. building relational community, right? Sure. Like, yeah. So you say, hey, I'm going through this, and somebody can go, hey, yeah, I'm going through that too, man. That's right. And that's, that's one step to make it 
a smaller world and it yeah. gets a little bit closer. The fire service is uh, a tiny place, oh, yeah. right? Like, so fire service as a whole, there's what, what a million, two firefighters or something crazy like that. Yeah. But like within 10 calls, you could get someone on either coast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's yeah. like, it's the craziest thing, but it's super cool. Yeah. Um, I think for me in the fire service, man, Anthony Giovanni, mm-hmm. he's a dude on my crew, on my shift, and uh, he went through some super hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just led out with truth. He was like, hey, man, yeah, I'm going through this. This is what I've been through. This is how it went. And now <laughs> it sucks because, you know, he kind of had to get caught for the things to come out. But he did. Yeah. When it came out, he was like the first to admit, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. I messed up. I did this. I was like, man, that is wholesome. That is right Praise to the God. point. Yeah. Um, it's encouraging. And so actually me and Digi are going to we're going to this thing on the twenty third. It's called Status Check. It's for first responders. It's a mental health awareness and mm. just kinda how to cope and deal with what we see on the job. So that's gonna be really cool to be there. Um It's good. Yeah. I'll close with this. I'll say um as leaders in the community, uh the best thing y'all are doing is what you're already doing is talking about it and mm-hmm. providing space for others to feel the safety to talk about it. Um, half of the country, 47% of the U S is in a shortage of counselors. Mm, So man, in, in many ways as the church at large and just leaders in the community, we are kind of filling the gap a little bit. Right. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. because there's just not enough, counselors even in dfw to support the needs that are out there especially since covid um and so i think this is really powerful yeah awesome man man. i'll I'll say this um we are working on getting a foundation started uh Mm -hmm. through this through fill the box and one of the the big goals of that is to provide sort of an independent access point for for people to find whatever help they want mm-hmm. um I, whether the, if you want to come to us and talk to us we'll gladly listen but um what i would like to see is it just kind of be that independent point for people to be able to come to and be like hey i need somebody to talk to or i need financial help with finding getting help with that or whatever the situation may be so um uh i really hope that that kind of goes and we'll have some more stuff coming about that uh soon but but kind of becoming that access point for people to because I, th- I think a lot of the hurdle there is people recognize maybe recognize that they have an issue but don't know where to go with it hmm. uh, they don't want to talk to people that they know because that may jeopardize that relationship right and so mm-hmm. hopefully we can we can sort of become a a point that people can look at and be like, well, I can, we can find you the resources, right? It's right. good. So, yeah. Um, as we close, uh, today is my birthday. Yeah. Um, Come on. Uh, 33. Um, we talked and you said, it's your Jesus year. What are you going to do with it? And <laughs> dude, I have been stewing on that question. Um, Cause that's heavy, right? Like that's, yeah. that's your Jesus here. What are you going to do with it? And I realized like in that question, 
not gonna be not gonna be anywhere near what he did. <laughs> for, sure. for sure. Not gonna be I don't think none he can set the bar that high. Dude, yeah. not even close. But with that, uh the first like publicly thing I wanna do is start with an apology. So hmm. uh I'd like to apologize to a lot of people. Um we're not gonna go out by name and say them all, but uh I have cast my own failures onto others hmm. in my life and haven't given them a fair shake. I have immediately written off people and judged people and hmm. uh man I'll start with my brother. Uh hmm. I saw him one day and I wrote him off. I was like, I'm done with you. Um <laughs> Whoa, that's weird. Uh, and I have let my unmet expectations guide mm. my preconceived notions and a negative outlook on people around me. Mm. And it has just been hard mm. walking through and just like, it's hard to ignore people for me. Yeah. It's yeah. like you want to talk to someone, but you're just like, don't need you. I'm going to cut you off. Yeah. Um, and so with 33, I am going to do better about reaching out i'm gonna do better about meeting people where they are and then one vocalizing my expectations i i i was mad at my wife for like a week the other day and i was like not saying a word about mm. what my expectations were so she had no idea how to meet him and i realized that and i was like oh if i'm doing that with her i'm doing that with so many people in my life mm -hmm. totally right like especially people like people that you don't need, yep. right? Like there's a lot of people that you don't need, but That's you right. want. My wife is a person that I need and I was doing that with her. So I have to just go back and reel that in. Um, yeah. Encouraged by you, man. Way to lead out. Um, and so that on top of it's been 407 days since I had alcohol. Um, Praise God. I was afraid is what started it. And then, I don't know, about three months through that, I just, I woke up and was like, uh, you're not your father. Your father is a different man. You're mm -hmm. not going to end up where he ended up yeah. uh, by drinking. Um, so then it became, can I make it? Can I make it 365 days? And I did. Uh, everybody's like, oh, how do you feel? What are your changes? I was like, I, I wasn't doing it for that. I don't yeah. know. Right. Like I wasn't yeah. paying attention to it for that. I was doing it for willpower. Uh, and I mean, dude, it was hard, right? Going, hanging out with buddies, hanging out with friends. Yeah. Uh, going out to restaurants that you normally drink at. So mm -hmm. Papacitos, man, they Oof. got some great margaritas yeah. with a little sangria. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite. Um, and going there, being in that temptation, uh, Y'all were there. It was for Nick or Fred's birthday, one or two. Mm -hmm. And I was just there in that moment. And I was like, man, I could really go for one of those right now. Um, but it, it was it was a battle. And not just like, oh, man, this is hard. Like, it was like a every day, like, hey, you're not going to drink today. You're not going to go to the garage and drink. You're not going to, like, and you yeah. have to tell yourself step by step, yeah. day by day, minute by minute, this is not what you're going to, this is what you're not going to do. Yeah. Um. So that was hard. And um. so for my Jesus year, it is apologies, being more known, mm -hmm. and 
man, just trying to live as Christ lived. Praise uh, God. That's awesome. Love it. With that being said, I'm not perfect, so there's still going to be some swear words <laughs> yeah. thrown about. Um, yeah. Christianity is not about being perfect. It's being yeah. more like Christ. Yeah, right? That's right. And Absolutely. So that's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to pursue this year. Um, yeah. Any questions? Sorry. That no, was good. I, I think uh, I think that's a great thing to to strive for. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, man. Thanks for sharing. Encouraged by you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Michael, thank you for mm-hmm. spending your time with us. I think sometimes sometimes talking about this stuff, we, we kind of lose sight of of uh, our faith in, in this. And we talked about mm-hmm. taking control of our own life, but understanding that God's in control is mm-hmm. is so much more important and, and giving that control up to him. So thank you for, yeah. for sharing with us today. Yeah. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. We appreciate you, Mike. Yeah. Happy to be here. Well, thanks for sticking it out again. Uh, we got a, another episode coming up. We're not going to tell you the guest yet, but we'll let you know when it comes Because we up. don't have one. Don't let them lie to you. We don't have a guest yet. We are planning this by the seat of our yeah. pants, boys. Well, as always, if you have any suggestions, please let us know any questions. Uh, if you see this on social media or YouTube or podcast or whatever, please give us a like and a share, a comment, subscribe, uh, whatever you want to do. Uh, the more people that can hear it, the better. So, um, Yeah, we still got giveaways coming. Um, I think we figured out a tagline for our challenge coin. Everybody get a challenge coin. Mm-hmm. Mike, you'll get a challenge coin. Uh, Love it. You're not, I know you're not a firefighter, and you'll probably only have the <laughs> one, but it'll be for you, buddy. Uh, hats are made. Shirts are made. Uh, soon we have a store coming online. Uh, there will be hats, T-shirts, mm-hmm. a polo, and a sweatshirt to start. Um, it'll only be open for the month of March. That's going to be, we're going to hit suicide awareness really hard. Um, I want to make one shout out real quick. Oh yeah, of course. To, uh, my wife, a, and, uh, man, um, Laura, I love you. Thankful for you in walking with me, uh, through this journey. And, uh, I would not be able to work through the history of, of this struggle without your support, constant prayer, patience, and living the gospel toward me. So thank you for your continued love and grace. And on, on the heels of that, Hey Laura, congratulations on being pregnant and still (laughs) going to work, walking around every day. She's She's a a nurse and she is on her feet moving. So congratulations on that, (laughs) man. All right. Thank you, guys. Well, yep. appreciate you guys sticking it out. Yep. See you on the next one. See you around, boys.